Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tea with Crama. I'm your host, Chris, and today our co-host is also here. She did not skip out on this episode. I tried to, but I couldn't. <laughs> we have Emma here with us today from across the Pacific Ocean. So, today our episode is similar to our 100th episode, but this time Emma chose the show, and it's called The Magicians. I sure did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it because it was a show that I had watched with her on accident one time, and she was like, "Do you mind if I watch this show? Because I don't think you'll ever watch it." And then. Don't know what happened. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't even know when that episode happened when I actually watched it. So I don't know what I watched with Emma that day. I thought it was (laughs) The Magicians, but I don't know. So yes, we're here. We're talking about The Magicians. Before we get started, let's do our tea check-in. So Emma, what you drinking today? I'm actually drinking tea today. This one's for you, Jeffrey. Um, I'm drinking, it says authentic green tea. So far in Japan, I like the hot green tea. I like the hot teas. Uh, I mean, this is like the place to drink it if you're going to drink tea. But at the convenience store, they sell like these green teas that are refrigerated and things like that. And so far, I haven't found one that I like yet. So I, I picked up another one. Yep, still tastes like the other ones. I don't know why I did it. It's like, it's fine. It's just like, I'm, I'm so used to American teas when it's cold and sweet. And this one literally just tastes like when you let your green tea sit out for too long. (laughs) And it gets cold. Didn't they let it like room temp and then refrigerate it? Or just like when you refrigerate green tea, that's just what it tastes like? I have no idea because I've never refrigerated green tea too. I also like don't like when I, I also am someone who's like a, an intense steeper. So I just kind of like let it to sit in there, which I know you're not supposed to. I know you're supposed to just like steep and then take out the bag. So that's usually why I get that like gross taste whenever I do it. So yeah, um, still not my favorite. I'm still looking for more that I might like eventually. But what are you drinking today, Chris? Today, I am trying a turmeric tea from The Tea Heaven. I don't know what this is going to be like. I've never had a turmeric tea. I don't even know what turmeric is. I think it's an herb. It might be a root. It is a root. It's like turmeric, just like I'm going to put a plug in there for turmeric. It's really good for joints, joint health. People say that whenever they have like joint pain and um, things like that, they usually do like a ginger turmeric. I usually generally hear turmeric with ginger. And if I'm not mistaken, there's not generally a taste to it. It's just kind of yellow. Is your tea yellow? Yeah, it's like a deep yellowy orange. So I don't, I don't know, but it was like caffeine free and it's kind of late. So I don't want a caffeinated tea. I know people usually do like turmeric and ginger shots, like Mm -hmm. hobonis. So how does it taste? I think I know why they put the ginger though. Oh, is there ginger in there? No, there isn't in this one, Mm. but I could see why people would. Cause it, I would imagine the turmeric's kind of like, and then the ginger's like, spicy. Spicy. But also healthy or whatever. But yeah, that was the point. This one's supposed to be an immunity booster and things like that. So cool. antioxidants, amino acids. That's the team. That's the team. That's the team <laughs> with the turmeric team. <laughs> so today we are going to be discussing the magicians. Some background. Again, Chris picked the 100. 
And it took me a little while to watch the 100. He had always talked about it. So I finally watched it. And so he was like, okay, fine. Like, you can pick the next show I watch. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I just finished watching The Magicians. Maybe you'll like it and you'll see his final rating at the end and how he feels about it. But that is why we decided to watch it. But he finished it a lot more recently than I did. I think I finished it in the beginning of the year. And I started watching it because Isaac really liked it. And I had accidentally watched the last season with him, not knowing who any of the people were. And so the entire time I was watching the show, I was like, I knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, yes. So Chris is going to give us our brief overview about the show. So in The Magicians, there's magic. And people know how to do magic. Mm -hmm. And they go to this school that's, I think, maybe in New York. It's Mm -hmm. really hard to tell. And there they learn how to do magic. But it's not like Hogwarts, where it's like <laughs> fun magic, and we're magicians now. It's um, you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, it's not that. It's kind of like what I would imagine if you discovered magic in college, mm-hmm. and everyone sucked. <laughs> so that's the magicians, and then at one point they go to a storybook land that was real. But it was a book, and yeah, it just gets weirder from there. It's very mythologically driven, but in a very abstract interpretation is the best, like a very loose, loose adaptation of mythology. Um, Not a complete rendition, just kind of picking and choosing characters. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting show. It's on the Netflix Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, finish the episode if you want to know how we finally rate it. With that, we'll start getting into the more specific parts, like who is your favorite character? To review, there are a lot of characters, <laughs> and I don't know who the main characters are, but the top build actors and actresses on there are named... Julia, Elliot, Penny, Margot, Alice, Quentin, Katie, and sometimes Ben, but definitely all the other people that I mentioned. And then there's like a bunch of other people that are in a lot of the episodes, but I would say, I guess like that's the core group. So from the core group, I think my favorite, like, is definitely Penny. Mm-hmm. He's the traveler. Also, yeah, if you would like to pause the episode, if you haven't watched it yet, go ahead and pause and then... Because spoilers, like... Yeah, because there's going to be spoilers and we're just going to drop them. And it's been a while since the last episode came out, so... You've had time. (laughs) So, yeah, I think my favorite out of the core is Penny. Mm -hmm. And because, like, I really feel for Penny, as much of an a-hole as he is, he's the most useful character in this entire show. Like, he's a traveler, which means he can, like, go beyond the realms, all these different things. And he's, like, trying to learn how to harness his powers and, like, also trying to learn how to, like, do it in a way... That is not going to kill him, not going to kill him or the people he cares about, which he's like also one of those characters that like tries to keep a distance from everyone. But then it's like, spoiler alert, the first the first penny that dies is like upset when no one is sad about him. But he was such an a-hole that it's like, why would anyone be sad when you were so mean? Now, Penny 2.0 loved Penny 2.0. I thought that it was such a great arc for him. And then even like when Penny in the underground, like I just really enjoyed seeing his character development. My least favorite, oh, but my favorite, like, outside character is definitely Fen. She's a BA. Like, 
love her. She's a little dumb, but she gets things done. You know, she just like mm-hmm. a little bit dumb. Least favorite character is any of the gods, any and all of them as a whole. They were just useless, not helpful at all, which kind of like reminds me of the way that we've interpreted gods in the past. You know, like they kind of just do things at their own whim and like for their entertainment. And so I felt like they did a really good job with that. But they, anytime a god came up, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) It's not going to be anything good. (laughs) Ever. Truly wasn't. What about you? Who is your favorite character? I think out of the core group, it's rather predictable. It's definitely Margot. And I think. Why? I, I think after the first season was really awkward for all of the characters. Mm hmm. But I think from season two on, like, the way she kind of, like, came into her character was truly hysterical. (laughs) And it was very, like, feminist in a weird, modern, intriguing way. Like, it was just, I don't know, she did it, and it was comical, and I enjoyed her character. And then my least favorite of the group was Quentin. (laughs) Because he was terrible. (laughs) And I just... He was also so whiny. Was he not so whiny? God, he whined about everything. Nothing ever went his way. And he was just like, oh, you would think he was that person who was like set up to be happy when he gets magic and then he gets magic and then he whines about magic. I'm like, oh my God, this is never going to end with him. Like he had beforehand been, remember he was in the mental institution Mm -hmm. and then comes out. So everyone's like, okay, he's like mentally ill. Cool comes out and is like now you have magic oh bt dub like that book that you grew up loving which i would say is like the equivalent to like chronicles of narnia almost mm-hmm. it's like it's true yeah it was very knockoff of chronicles yeah. of narnia like, it's like low low budget narnia and it was mm-hmm. like bt dubs fillery is true and then he's like going into fillery and then he like hates fillery it's like bruh Everything is set up in your favor, white that set male, to be just like a favorable time. And yet... I don't know if I would call him heterosexual, though. Oh, you're right. It's just curious. I don't know. Even no, even not even curious. That was fully bi. Like, he lives a full bi life. Oh, that was one of my favorite episodes. Oh. Can we talk about that for a second? Let's talk about a good episode. (laughs) So, like, again, there's like a lot of like time realms uh universes all these different like timelines existing together and in one of the timelines quentin and elliot who is like the main like lgbt character gay character Mm -hmm. in the show they like end up in this timeline together trying to solve this mystery and as their time is going along quentin finds a woman a woman yes has a child with said woman Mm -hmm. woman dies Yes, when they were, like, kind of young, right? Yeah, the lady, yeah, they were all still pretty young. And then... It's a child in Quentin and Elliot. Yeah, and then, yeah, Quentin and Elliot just become lovers, but, like, in a very romantic, caring for each other in the middle of a farm, in the middle of nowhere, by themselves for the rest of their lives. Yeah, stuck in a universe. And, like, I think the most heartbreaking part was when they come back to their their universe like their main timeline and Mm -hmm. quentin goes up to elliot and is like like let's let's do the thing like we've done it like we lived a whole ass life where we had hundreds of years together like who says that it can't work now and elliot basically says no 
because he it's a sabotage thing. It's not like Elliot was being yeah terrible. He was just like, I'm not worthy. It was a self sabotage moment, but it was like also one of those things where like you got to see their entire life in that brief episode, and it was just like you see these two men who like have been best friends up until this point and then all of a sudden like now they're like taking care of each other and like loving each other and then one of them dies and you just like see that happen and you're like oh my god like now he has to bury him and figure out the puzzle on his own mm-hmm. did you have any favorite episodes Margot's lost in the desert one with all the singing oh my god the singing i truly thought it was hilarious and i really enjoyed the don't get me wrong song that they were singing it was really cute i do enjoy a musical episode but i felt like they had like they never had like a truly like musical episode until that one but they did Mm -hmm. always kind of like there was that time when they were singing and then when elliot was singing les mis on his way to battle Mm -hmm. let me tell you these were not like i don't know they were musical episodes and moments that just like what (laughs) wait we're singing now is this a singing show we're doing this and they would sing, and everyone would sing, and I don't know. They made everybody sing, not even, and they could not. Like it was kind of like a I signed up to act, and it was too late. It was in your contract. So now when they were like, "Great, we're doing a Les Mis episode," you couldn't be like, "No, I don't want to." It was just like, "Well, we're doing it," and then you couldn't be like, "Oh, I can't sing. It's fine. We'll figure it out." They didn't auto tune. They just like they just let them sing. They just let them sing. It was like if you had turned your life into a musical and had no singing, had no voice lessons beforehand, and all of a sudden now we're like, oh, by the way. This is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like your shower or car karaoke, but like. But, but in, front of a, in front of a camera for the rest of Netflix to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we just kind of talked about was like the mythology and like Greek gods and like, I mean, not just Greek gods, but just like gods and goddesses in general. And I know that you are someone who like truly likes mythology. I also do. I think I dabble in it more than you do. Like you're into it. So did you like their interpretation of the gods and their realms? No, I thought it was weird. I thought the whole show was weird, but we'll get into that. It was (laughs) odd. I didn't know what to think. It was confusing because they, they made some gods out of like their own mythology, but then they borrowed some and they didn't even borrow all. So they were just borrowing like random gods from random mythologies and making them yeah. do kind of random things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. I just. Did you have an interpretation that you liked? I didn't really care for the god characters uh, overall. Not for yeah. necessarily like the same reason. I think the god characters led to some moments that made me really uncomfortable in the show mm. and i don't know it was kind of unnecessary it was just weird i don't know it was a weird part of the show so i mean it wasn't terrible but i don't know it's kind of like a lazy interpretation of them too they were just kind of like eh, this is here's the god and he's gonna cause havoc here we go mm-hmm. they were both like powerful and useless it was weird at the same time know. it was so weird it was like can't they just like fix everything that's going wrong and then they were like, no, you've like angered them. So like in the way that, in the way that I feel like we learn about mythology and how like, you know, again, everyone's at their whim. It really felt like that. Like they were like petty gods. Like, <laughs> like, Truly petty. Like, like, like the most petty you could get like, oh, well, y'all killed her. So now I'm going to go and be depressed in New York in my, in my apartment with my boxes of pizza. Like Hades, get it together. You need to go back to the underground. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Or the one, I, you know, one of the many goddesses that Julia, like, interacted with, and she, like, asked her for a favor, and she's like, mm, only one. But she's like, wait, 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 so you could do the other things that I'm asking you to do? She's like, yeah, I totally could. But you're just not going to. No, that's not how it works. And then she just went away. Like, I was just like, what the? And it's also one of those things, too, where, like, this is what it must feel like to be an eternal being. Like, you've been alive for centuries at this point, And you're like, y'all all kind of suck. Like, like this is not it. Like, I'm stuck here. Can we just, like, kill me off? Like, would that be possible? <laughs> it's just like, these are the rules. I don't remember why we established them, but there was probably a good reason. So, like, no, I can't help you. There's a one-time-only rule. Like... <laughs> not a genie i'm not a genie which kind of like lent them to be villains in a lot of cases some of them were you know like non-villains but most of the time they ended up being like a typical villain but did you have like a favorite villain i know i definitely had a favorite villain who like had a great arc no i don't think that i did have a favorite villain i think half the time i felt like the main characters were their own villains facts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and didn't really need a villain because they were setting themselves back. Every time. Like it was like it was like as if you had six people working on a group project and it like the project could have gone well because you had Alice who was the smartest person in the world, you know, you had Margot who was also equally smart, Margot and Julia who could like have easily helped. You had Katie who was the muscle, you know, like had all the things to be in there. But like my favorite villain was the fairy queen. I never considered her a villain. No, really? Mm-mm. She was when, not nice. When did you consider her a villain? When she was taking over Fillory. <laughs> I didn't even consider her a villain then. No? Mm-mm. I just thought she was so badass, though. Because I, I, I just never seen... They never set her up as, like, the main person they were dealing with. Yeah. She was always kind of, like, that background person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, never, like... Again, just, just, like, they had rules. And she just had to follow the rules, you know? There's just... Fairies just had rules, and these are the fairy rules. <laughs> which which I think, like, lent itself that when she did break the rule, it was like, that's why it was such a big deal that she broke the rule. Mm-hmm. When she had to, like, break the promise, right? In order to yeah. free them or something? Yep. And then I guess you also have to consider the fact that, like, she was only being like that because the six were constantly messing stuff up. And she was like, could you all just, like, keep it together? <laughs> Literally constantly. It was non They were always messing stuff up for other people. Yeah. So I did not interpret her as the villain, just, like, someone who was tired of their ridiculous antics and said, stop. As it was happening, I was like, oh, my God, she's so evil. But then, like, thinking about it from, like, a ruler standpoint, everything that she was doing was to, like, keep her fairy people safe. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Were there any interesting themes or topics that you'd like to discuss? They had a weird relationship with, like, the show had a really weird relationship with, like, mental health issues. Mm. But I wouldn't say they did it well. Not that I'm, like, thinking about it. They never had, like, a trigger warning for anything, yeah? No. Yeah. They so didn't. They, and I... It was... Mm-mm. No, yeah. and I did not appreciate that. It was just, like wild stuff would happen mm-hmm. and then they would have the like the if you need resources for da 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 at the end of episodes because the episodes would just be out of left field mm-hmm. terrible yeah so that's also like a warning too like if you're gonna watch the show i think it should also be stated 
And I can't even, like, I don't even know where to be like, oh, it's in this episode because it was just like random. Yeah. There were at least four episodes, I think. At least four. And they were closer to the earlier, like, seasons one and two. Um, Because there was definitely an episode that I almost stopped watching. Like, I almost stopped watching the whole show. Mm-hmm. In season one, I think, where it's just like, no, this was this was way too much. Like this, yeah. I like that was one of their big criticisms was that they like, or that the fact that they like had to show anything. Like there were so many things. Like there are so many shows that do a great job of like addressing the issue without like showing the issue. Like there's no need mm-hmm. to have there's no need to have the abuse on there. So like again, trigger warning. Like there's sexual abuse, sexual assault things in there that are just like. Where, like, where did this even move the plot? Like, what, what does this have to do with the plot? Mm-hmm. It was really aggressive and really graphic, and I didn't like it. Yeah. It was, mm-mm. I don't know. I didn't, not, I don't know. I didn't like it. That's my, mm-hmm. so no, there were moments that I think after they got away from that with like the rest of the show, closer to like the end of season two and mm-hmm. the rest of it where they just, kind of avoided stuff like that. And I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't, I know you like go on Reddit and follow along in that way, but I just kind of watched the show. I just noticed that like there was a marked difference in like the tone of the show. Um, And so it was, yeah, it was very dark in those first two seasons. mm -hmm. And I just, I, yeah, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Um, But the last seasons were really fun. Mm -hmm. Them just trying to save the world half the time and then failing. Every single time. Miserably. Just low-key comically. Like, they would fix one issue, and then they were like, actually, that wasn't the main issue. Now the world is going to blow up. And they're like, wait, what? But I just, ah. Why is it like this? Oh, it's actually because the problem that you thought you solved was not actually the real problem. Because, like, half the time, because, you know, the viewers are watching it, and they're like, yes, they, like, figured it out. And then they're like, that wasn't the problem. And I was like, how How would we know? How would we know until we stop the other one? <laughs> I don't know, there's some moments where I'm like, "Mm mm-mm, y'all starting the problem. Y'all making this worse. And it's like one of those things, again, where you have six people working on a project and all six of them don't know what the project is. They all choose the wrong answer. Actively and aggressively. Like, every single time. Okay, so, as you can tell from this one, we are- I am very passionate about this show. Chris is not. So we're gonna hear our final grades and scores. Final score, Chris. Give it a Yelp review. I think if I did it in pieces, season one or two, I would not recommend. Don't watch them. Mostly because it's not that they were bad seasons. It's just, I'm not going to be out here recommending stuff and then getting text messages talking about this scene just happened and now I'm triggered and it brought up things for me and all this other. So like, no, I wouldn't recommend the first two seasons at all. Um, But season three, four, and five were actually not bad at all. So those ones were fine. Um, you miss some, you kind of miss some stuff. I think really in seasons one and two, you just kind of miss Quentin complaining through the topics and the episodes. Um, and then, but otherwise, yeah, three, four, and five. If I had to give it like an overall rating, I would say no. Like the, the trigger warnings are significant enough or the, like the lack thereof of trigger warnings and the depictions of those things are aggressive enough for me to say, no, I would not recommend this to a friend. Especially if I did not know them very well. Mm-mm. True. That's very true. Yeah, that's very valid. So, final score? Five stars? Two stars. There were some real strong moments and some very strong characters, but the bad things are very bad. I didn't 
like as someone who like watched it and then like you know the the bad things happened and stuff it wasn't until I had recommended it to Chris and then he was like what the f is going on that I was like oh wait I should probably stop recommending the show as like readily as I do because he brought up very good points like you don't know who you're accidentally triggering by telling them that they should watch this show so after that being cognizant of it I would still give it a three out of five when I first watched it I was like oh my god this show is just like Hogwarts and Narnia grown up you know and things like that but yeah there were some definitely really intensely triggering episodes and so I would you know lower my rating for that just because again like the episodes didn't have trigger warnings in them for you to be like, oh, I can skip this one. And there were things in there that were like, like, I feel like you could probably skip one and two, do a brief, do a brief, brief Wikipedia search and be like, ah, this is what happened. Moving on, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you could watch it. And I feel like it's almost like two separate shows, like seasons one and two were definitely grouped together. And then three to five, you know, were like a whole different thing. Like you said, like you could tell, you could tell that there was a shift in tone, which I wonder mm-hmm. then if there was a shift in like directors and producers, maybe, or maybe Possibly. there was enough backlash. I have no idea. So, cause I didn't watch it in real time and I didn't either. I think Isaac was the only one that watched it in real time. So would I recommend this to a friend? Probably not after what had happened this last time of me recommending it. And again, like me just not being cognizant of those things. With that being said, watch at your own discretion. Mm-hmm. And don't text me about it because I did not recommend it to you. <laughs> you can text me about it. I will. I will unpack that entire show with you. So, mm-hmm. in true fashion, at the end of every episode, we end with a rapid fire question. Pew 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 pew. Just kidding. <laughs> that was so much. That was so cute. <laughs> pew 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 pew. You know, little mini air horn. Like, pew pew pew. <laughs> That's me. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Do you have your question ready? Because I, I do. do have. I do have my question ready. So, is there a number that is like significant to you, or what's your favorite number and why? Three. I just like the way it counts. It just counts really easily. And then I learned that like if you add up the numbers and it equals a number that's divisible by three, it's divisible by three. Yeah. I just like it. It's just I don't know. Also, it's a little more challenging than like two. Mm. Because, like, I don't know, I feel like everyone's, like, stereotypical ones are like, oh, I like one, or two, or five. They're easy to count by. I'm like, three. That is so funny, because, like, my favorite numbers are divisible by three. And it's for that same exact reason, because you can always add. So my favorite number is 21. Um, 21. Reasoning reasoning is because, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to expose myself on the internet like this. But when I was in sixth grade, there was a baseball team that had won like the baseball championships for Hawaii. Like they were like, like little league. And I thought he was so cute. I was in sixth grade and his number was 21. And then later on that year, I don't know if you understand how soccer works, but usually the bigger sized people get higher numbers in like, you know, the public soccer teams. So I was also number 21 and I was like, Oh my God, we're meant to be. I was also in sixth grade again, but it kind of stuck with me. And that was always like, I was always number 21 in soccer. And so 21 like kind of became my number, but I had always just loved things that were divisible by three. And then, you know, two plus one equals three and three is like, so when Isaac and I had kids, it's going to be like in multiples of three. Like I can't just have one. Like I'm going to need to have three or six, <laughs> not nine, not 12, <laughs> three or six. You know, I'm too old to have nine or 12. I think I might actually be too old to have six at this point, you know? So 
so yeah so that was like my whole reasoning i also like things that are divisible by three it's just clean it just adds like it just i love it when it it is ties up nicely it's a nice little bow it's a little selective though because it's not all the numbers exactly you know it's a little more selective than two not as predictable as five yep facts Mm -hmm. okay what's your question (laughs) random things oh my (laughs) (laughs) things that that satisfy us (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh my question is what is your favorite room in a house like what room really just brings you peace or joy or happiness or energy you just love being in that room i like all the rooms um i would have to say like the dining room i think i have like ties to dining rooms like it's like where you eat it's where you commune whenever i think of like fondly of like my childhood and stuff like that i think of sunday dinners on my aunt's house and i like all took place in the dining room like that's where all the action was and then after we ate like everything would go away and then the scrabble board would come out and so mm-hmm. i was like not old enough to play the scrabble but it was like such like a point of like this sparks joy to me i love the idea of like sharing a meal together in a room that's like intentional but yeah what about you i would say my favorite room is the bathroom what no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> you thought you had my answer. And then Do I, I not? switched it up on you. Yeah, it's the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you guys can't see it because obviously we're a podcast, but he was like, it is. And I had mouthed it as he said bathroom. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> and, you know, jerk. <laughs> I would like to meet someone whose favorite room is the bathroom just to like figure out why. But it's, it's no. a tranquil place. <laughs> we gonna agree to disagree, but okay. So it's the kitchen, but it's because mm-hmm. I like to cook and bake and be creative. And that's like my spot. That's my zone. That's where I do stuff. So, yes. Give us a give us a meal that you've just made recently that is like chef's kiss. Um, well, recently with a coworker, we made quinoa bowls. Yum. And... They were really good. So actually, we've made like two things recently. So like one weekend, we made spaghetti and marinara sauce. Mm, did you just make the marinara from scratch? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. And then we made quinoa bowls and it was, there's a lot of ingredients with these quinoa bowls. I think they could be made much simpler, um, but we just went it, we just went all the way. Mm-hmm. So we had like different bell peppers and onions and they were sauteed. And then we had olives and feta cheese. Yeah. And then we had... Like a Mediterranean quinoa bowl? Basically. We just took a bunch of stuff. Chickpeas were in there. Um, roasted chickpeas and roasted tomatoes. Um, and then we had brownies and ice cream. Sweet. I know. I like cooking with Chris because whenever he tries a recipe, he like goes all in on the first one and then... And then that's where he makes his notes for the next time. So I always like really did appreciate that because I'd be over there. I'm like, eh, we don't need that much though. <laughs> He's like, no, follow the recipe the first time. And then we make adaptations. And I'm like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> but then this is also the same person who like when he bakes does not measure anything out and then wonders why things didn't come out. I'm like, this is not cooking. It's chemistry. Like it needs to have an exact science. And he's like, that looks like about a cup. And I'm like, that's not a cup. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? 
That's why my cakes come out funny. <laughs> Strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> I can make peanut butter cookies, but anything else, it's it's kind of a toss-up. Oh, those peanut butter cookies hit. Hit, hit, hit. Side note, Netflix, if you want to recruit me for a nail day, I'm just saying, I'm here, I'm available, I can clear my schedule, we can make we it will, work. We will clear it. Just I'll be on God. season seven, because they just released season six, oh my or gosh. five. And we just love you, Nicole Byer. <laughs> so I'm just saying. But anyways, Emma, where can people find the podcast? You can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at the Tea with Karma. You can also find us on Venmo if you'd like to support our work and possibly buy us a cup of tea at the Tea with Crema. You can stream our podcast anywhere that you stream your pods, such as Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Stitcher. Yeah, that's it. And that's it, right? Maybe YouTube one day. And possibly we're looking at YouTube. We'll see. But we'll see you next time. Bye.